0: Hello and welcome to Why Does This Keep Happening To Me, a podcast about how we keep ourselves stuck and how to become unstuck. Today we're talking about fear and how fear keeps us stuck in our patterns and doesn't allow us to move forward into goals that we may set for ourselves. And fear is a very primitive emotion. It's believed to be the first emotion we experience in our life. And it's in the very primitive part of our brains. So it's actually very adaptive and very helpful for us. And people that don't have fear uh, indicate that there's a sign, there could be a sign of brain damage. So fear is really helpful and it is vital to our survival. So the problem comes up when it becomes um, dominant and it doesn't allow us to move forward. It gets us into a feeling of being stuck or frozen. So when we're when we are exposed to something that brings up fear and fear being an emotional response to something that is deemed to be threatening or dangerous. What happens is our brain activates a part of our our brain called the amygdala and our brain says there's danger and it sends our body into fight or flight. And like I said, this is really vital to keep us in survival because As you can imagine, fight or flight is what allowed our ancestors to survive when they were out hunting, for example. They had to be very aware and very much aware of any dangerous situation or predator that could kill the person that is hunting. So we are born with this sort of negativity bias where we are constantly scanning our environment for dangers and for anything that could harm us, harm our survival, threaten our survival. So, So when this cascade of reactions begin, when we are exposed to something that brings up fear and the amygdala activates, we go into fight, flight, or freeze. And so fight is we're getting prepared to be able to fight a predator. Flight is being able to run and freeze is that image of a deer um, in headlights where you're just frozen and you see the fear you see the predator you see the event or the scenario but you're kind of frozen that also has a very adaptive function as well you can see where uh, in certain animals when they are threatened their survival is threatened what ensures their survival is to freeze and so that with certain animals when it that indicates to the predator that this animal is dead. And many predators will not continue to attack their prey if they believe that their prey is dead. So this type of this freeze response can sometimes lead to survival as well where it gets the predator to back off. So all of these reactions are adaptive. The problem is that they are only meant to be uh, present in threatening situations and for short periods of time. And so when we're in this fight or flight response and we have this cascade of cortisol that goes through our body, our blood pressure rises, our mouth gets dry. and our, our extremity, we get clammy because all the blood rushes out of our extremities into the center of our body to ensure that if we were to be cut, we wouldn't bleed to death and our, our activity and our lungs and heart go up so that we can run and fight and fight and flee. So this is, as I said, it's supposed to only last a short period of time. But when we're in a stress response and that we believe that we're in danger, we stay in this response for much longer than our body can handle. And this is what people describe as burnout. And when people say we have to decrease our stress because it decreases our longevity if we're in a stressful situation. So what happens is we have to become cognizant of when we are in this fight or flight response and interrupt it. And there are different ways to interrupt it. But today we're gonna talk about how we get stuck because of fear and how fear impairs our ability to move forward in our life and what we can do about it. So I've invited a guest today, my partner, Dr. Lauren Fisher, and we're gonna talk about our experience of fear, not only in our lives, but also how we observe this coming up in our clients' lives, in our psychotherapy hours with other people that share their personal stories about how they feel that they're stuck and how, more importantly, they become unstuck. Okay, so I want to welcome Dr. Lauren Fisher who is actually my partner at Delray Psych and Wellness. And we have been working together for over 10 years. And we took this leap of faith and we joined our practices and uh, our practice has grown in the last several years. And so I thought she'd be a great person to have come into the podcast and talk about fears. So welcome Dr. Fisher.
1: Thank you, Dr. B, for having me. I'm very excited to be on your podcast, which I know has been a dream of yours for a long time. So it is really awesome to see it coming into fruition now. And uh, Thank
0: you. Thanks for coming on and being my first guest. Um,
1: So yeah, so today
0: we're talking about facing your fears and how that comes up in our lives and how we see that in our clients' lives, in our personal lives. And so when I approached Dr. Fisher about coming on the podcast and I gave her an option of what topics she wanted to talk about that would be helpful for all of you, she chose face your fears. So I'm just curious, just to start off, what was it about this topic that prompted you to come on to the podcast? What is it about fear that was prevalent in your life to talk about?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I think it's so much personal experience um, between myself, between us and our journey, and pretty much every human being, like, it's something that is known to all of us, but I think over, like, you know, over time... I think the biggest takeaway is to realize like how liberating, like facing your fears can be um, and overcoming them or moving through them. And, you know, I just want to share that like with everybody um, because I, I feel, and you know, you tell me, but I feel like a lot of us keep ourselves kind of really stuck or stuck or like in a very small um, prison because of our limiting beliefs and fears, and, and we're missing out, whether that's experiencing life or, you know, maybe reaching our full potential. So it's just definitely a topic I have endless thoughts on and love talking about.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I think that what's interesting about fear is that it's actually really healthy and adaptive to experience fear, because if we didn't have any fear, we wouldn't survive. So it's always figuring out where that fine balance is between experiencing fear and letting it push you rather than letting it uh, keep you in a freeze mode where you're not, people fall into an avoidant pattern. I think we see this a lot in our lives, but with in our clients and our friends and families and ourselves that sometimes we wanna do something, but we get into this like freeze mode where there's this avoidance and this feeling of being stuck. And I I think that was what inspired me, too, to talk about this today is where that fine line is between allowing fear to protect you rather than keep you in uh, like a stuck mode. Yeah,
1: well, you're right. Like, it's sort of when you understand it, then you can leverage it, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm, right, and you
1: can use it. Yeah. Like you demystify it. Like suddenly it's not so scary when you like understand like what it is and how to come through it. Right.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. like so there was this movie I, I had brought up to you that
0: I had seen a few years ago called um, Beasts of the Southern Wild. And there's a little girl and she's really scared of these beasts. It's a great movie. It's an independent movie. And she's always running, running, running from them. She's this tiny little girl and these beasts are like, you know, 20 times bigger than her. And she's always running through the fields away from them. And there's a part of the movie where she just stops and turns around and walks up to this beast that's, like, giant thing hovering over her. And she just scares it in the face. And it just kind of grunts and walks away. (laughs) And so so I think that was just, like, such a great visual for me in seeing that you just turn around and face it and half the time it just kind of goes away or just you know it's not as, as scary as we think it is sometimes
1: yeah and you're right because like you know that's a great example and I'm sure some people are thinking well that sounds easy to do but it's not well it's not as easy but like you're not like that part of your brain that's like that fear center that you talk about that fight or flight or fright like every time like you feed it it gets stronger so like when you stop feeding it like you give it a chance to do something different right this girl faced her beast and like she learned like it wasn't as scary right and that part of the brain like calmed down so that's like such a visual like totally
0: yeah so how do you think how do you see people you need to bring in about experiences with a client or yourself like feeding it rather than um demystifying it not letting it be so big and controlling
1: yeah um you know it's funny i was reading something the other day and they were likening you know i mean to answer your question is like feeding it i think comes through avoidance right Mm -hmm. like they were telling a story about uh, this, like, cute little tiger that came to the door, and you're like, oh, it's so cute, and I'm going to feed it, and then it grows a little bigger, and all of a sudden, you've got to, like, now it's not just table scraps, right? You've got to get mm-hmm. bigger, and then it grows bigger, and now you've got, like, hunks of meat, you know, and, and then suddenly the animal just is, like, so ferocious, and, and they kind of liken that too. like, every time, like... <laughs> You know, that, <laughs> that feeling was like the avoidance until like that anxiety gets so big, it just controls you, right? And so I think that, People, um, you know, consciously, unconsciously, like, they avoid, like, facing their fears, right? And it's a kind of a trick of the mind to be like, oh, this is safe, you know, this will protect you from getting hurt, right, rejected, failure, feeling bad, whatever it may be. And it works, like, temporarily, but it doesn't work, like, for the long run, Mm -hmm. right? You know? Right.
0: That's true.
1: And, and I think people get stuck in these things like, oh, I could never do that. I could whatever. So, like, sometimes I think people are so used to their fears or anxieties or accepting that that's the truth that they don't even examine them.
0: Yeah, that's so true. I think I think that example you gave comes up so much in therapy where people say, like, they have to confront someone, you know, like a parent or a spouse or a friend. And they, ha- they say, well, I don't want to confront them because that's just scary and uncomfortable so i'd rather just avoid discomfort but then the realization comes where the discomfort actually is not avoided it just continues and manifests for years <laughs> rather than just confronting it for that five minutes and then it's like most likely either gone or very um, much decreased
1: yeah right well let's yeah. elaborate the example you gave because I think this is a big one people are terrified to communicate with others right and 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 there have sometimes there are reasons right but like that example is something I hear a lot well I'm not going to talk to her they won't let me they'll never hear me they won't understand me right and that's just sort of like boom then there's no no reason right to do it Mm -hmm. and well, but like when you like, and I think we do this a lot in therapy and we encourage people, like we actually just like stop and just write out the fear or just be like, what am I really afraid of? You know, like then you can really like start to identify like what exactly, like, you know, what do I feel? Like how bad is that fear? Like what it is. And then you said, when you bring that awareness to it, like then you can start to think about how do I move through it? Or maybe what might happen if it actually went well, right? Right. Yeah. And so what am
0: I really afraid of? That's a really great point when you ask people that and you really break it down. And it's so funny because it, for, for me, when I do that, it always ends up to person saying like, I'll be homeless. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then they realize how it's like pretty silly that is, because it'll be like, okay, well, why won't you tell your teacher how you feel or your, your your boss? Well, if I tell my boss how I feel, then I might lose my job. And then what would happen? Well, then I couldn't pay my bills. And then what would happen? Well, then I'd be homeless. You know, like it just keeps going into homelessness, or, or I would die, you know. And, and then, you know, really, when you break it down like that, and you say, oh, so you telling your boss that you felt disrespected or not heard in this meeting is going to somehow end up with you either dying or being homeless.
1: <laughs> and then it sounds so silly, right? Sure. And that's like how wild our mind can be, right? Like it can be so great at like developing stories that aren't true. Cause like all we know is what we know right now. Right. So the anxious mind's always decaying, but like you said, what if you're like, Hey, what if you talk to your boss? And he heard you and he listened to you and he actually acknowledged or made changes. Imagine like what that would feel like. Right. And that induces sort of like this, Oh, well that could feel good. Right. And like, it sort of gives like possibility yeah. that like, actually it's possible that something
0: might be yeah. beneficial. Right. Yeah. And that the opposite of fear is freedom. Really?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I was read when I was reading up about fear, doing research about fear, and it was saying one thing I came across that was so interesting was that humans are the most fearful creatures on the planet. (laughs) That is because (laughs) only because of our ability to learn, think, and create fear. And so it's not necessarily that we are in more danger, it's just because we are learning, thinking, and creating fear in our heads all the time.
1: Totally. And that leads me statement i saw and it says you cre- you create fear mm-hmm. and you have the you have the power to create fear and you have the power to dissolve it as well right right yeah like that's your point like and i think it's important like i think you hit on this earlier like like we like fear is a healthy thing like our our bodies to respond to like true fear right like pain or danger right like that was meant to keep us alive. And those are still like really healthy, but the fear, you know, I think you and I are talking about for the most part is sort of, right. Like what we've learned from a painful experience and and it, or what's been taught to us, right. Like fear those people or that situation, like things that your, your family or other people have like put on you, you've just adopted. Right. And so like those fears that are, are learned, I think more often than not are the ones that what people spend their time on, um, and are the ones that, uh, inter, you know, interfere most with their life. Yeah, that's a great point because so the three types of fear,
0: basically the categories, are the instinctive fear, which is pain, you know, has to do with pain and survival. Learned fear, mm-hmm. which is what you're talking about. These are our associations, our experiences of people, places, and situations, and taught fear, which is basically the definition of racism. So. It's just what we've been mm. taught, taught to fear yeah. other people, other groups, other cultures. So so when it comes, when we, we realize that the only one we're really born with is instinctive fear, the other two are learned fears. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, people say to me all the time, well, hey, listen, I mean, let's say I'm afraid of dogs biting me. They're like, a dog did bite me. Like, I didn't imagine that that happened. And you're like, absolutely right but then you know that so we can't say hey that's not a true fear but what happens is often like is when there's been an experience right people then overestimate like the danger of that happening right all mm-hmm. of the time you know, so many different ways so there's so many like thought errors and they underestimate like their ability to weather the outcome even if it's uncomfortable or painful or whatever you know so it gets so much place in that fear and avoidance versus like you know preparing and believing and seeing in themselves like what they're actually able to withstand even though most of the times the outcomes aren't negative they tend to be positive you know when people push themselves through the fear yeah yeah and so then what
0: you're talking about is this reality of a person for example that was bitten by a dog and so most people would just you know, that was a, a difficult situation, I was afraid in the moment, and then they talk about it, they process it, and then it kind of like, they recover from it. But some people end up yeah. with a phobia, right, where they're afraid yeah. of dogs. And they're like, well, that's because I was bitten by a dog. But I think that what we've learned as psychotherapists is that the difference, I think, between the ones that end up with that fear, just overwhelming them and not um, recovering from it, are the ones where that that experience what triggered another a past trauma that was not resolved and triggered a belief that was not resolved. And so maybe like a belief about being powerless or helpless in their life. So maybe the person that has experienced um, many life experiences with being powerless and helpless, that experience of being bitten by a dog could possibly bring up a phobia. Whereas another person that has not ever had an experience uh, or had, you know, many life experiences of being helpless or powerless may not, you know, may not have these like phobic experiences related to this dog. Right. Right. So that's interesting. It's like, we look at it in terms of beliefs. And when people ask, well, how come one person experienced the same thing from their neighbor, but then one person wasn't able to recover from it. And another person was like, what separates people from Developing anxieties rather than just recovering and moving along from it and not being stuck, yeah, so. they continue to
1: put themselves in the same situation right you know we're avoiding it, yeah, like really really you know, really good, really good points, and I think that like right the the behavior and the thoughts, like how powerful they are, right, but like we forget like we can be in charge of like our thoughts right, and what we believe, yeah.
0: And being aware of what those beliefs are, I think that's another another thing you were um, you were talking about earlier when you said people think, oh, this is the way that it is. It's not going to work out even if I try. Well, that is a belief. Like, that's a belief of being disempowered and being hopeless and helpless. So, so then, how do we like? How have you seen those moments where people break out of that? Like. Yeah, well,
1: so, I mean, number one, like we were talking about, I think it's the willingness. And I'll give you an example of um, with a client recent, which I, you know, it's nice when these, it works textbook, like, you know, um, you know, they want to examine. This was a one, there was a fear of communication, right, with um, in-laws. And they were afraid because based on the way the in-laws had, they were afraid they'd be rejected, um, mocked in the family. Like there was definitely risk to communicating these, like, years of feelings that this client had. Um, but what we did in the process is first, like, really get to the underlying, right, what the fears were. And, like, that brought up a lot of physiological anxiety in this client. Um, and so, you know, even... Like I think first what we had to also do is like use some like breathing and relaxation techniques to just even ease that anxiety a little bit because it was so terrifying to even think about going ahead to do the, the positive communication and imagine like the positive results. So, you know, we were able to do some relaxation then have her visualize how it was going to go. Have her be in touch with her power, of what she was in control of, and like what her intention was, right? So regardless of outcome, like communicating her feelings, um, being able to try to be the healthiest person in the dynamic, even though the others may not be healthy, like that was really like empowering to client. And so we just practice mentally and start to set up that scenario for her to to be to be successful, and when you do that in your mind, um, visualizing, you start setting up that neural pathway also, so she did go into the conversation, and yes, she was very anxious about it, it's not about not having fear, you just have to be a little bit stronger than your fear (laughs) in any situation, I think that's an important point to come back to, Um, and she did it, and she communicated, and it actually went really, really well, and it like after 10 years of not having a relationship, like she created the opportunity for a reconnection and a relationship to, to work. And she feels like a world of relief because she also like, not only like for the family, but had lost her voice along the way. And so Mm -hmm. one thing I said to her too, and I say to everybody is that even if the outcome doesn't work, like there's going to be strength and building your confidence, right? Just by facing a fear and attempting to go through it. Right. So, yeah.
0: um, So now you build that feeling of empowerment. You've practiced it, you've practiced it. And even if it hasn't gone perfectly well, you your brain understands that you have survived it and you've come out on the other side and that you have a voice and you can express that voice. So so many things come from that, even if it didn't work out perfectly. it's like so empowering well
1: and if I can I got yes I got a funny story that relates with you and I if I Mm -hmm. oh god (laughs) we have so many stories (laughs) I mean we've been with along each other's journey for a while and there's been different fears right but what's funny on Facebook you gotta love Facebook memories right because they bring up things um And the thing that popped up, it was five years ago, 2015, Mm -hmm. you and I were launching our big program of like, uh, 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 gosh, what was it called? It was like, I think it was called (laughs) Major Fears, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) More or less, it was like overcome, like be you, be the best you over. But the whole thing, right, was about <laughs> what we're talking about now. And it and so Dr. B and I had gone to Mega Institute and we uh, participated in this workshop that was just really life changing. It was really about tuning into your intuition and also learning how like, your anxious mind um, or your thinking mind can be helpful but unhelpful. And, you know, I think in in that particular weekend, it really helped me to realize, like, how much of my own fears of failure, rejection, looking stupid, all that good stuff, you know, that I had carried with me for so long but were maybe more covert. And it just made me realize that, like, it had definitely been stopping me from going – to the next level of like doing a workshop or putting ourselves out there, you know, or I mean, at that time, we didn't know we were going to launch a wellness center, but things of that nature, things that would put us more in the public eye and that people would be watching, right? So I remember this workshop, we were like, we're going to do it. And that was definitely I'm consciously thinking like, this is scary, but you know mm-hmm. what, we're going to do it. And we were so excited. We spent hours creating it right
0: yeah oh my god I know and you know the one thing I remember one of the moments I remember that we broke out of that fear there were several but when we were at the workshop it was Sonia Chaquette's workshop she's amazing and she had us all number one not sit next to People we would sit next to day after day so we'd have to keep trying something new like not being attached to that place in the room <laughs> and then oh, yeah. she had us dance you remember that she had us just get in the back of the room with like 50 other strangers and she turned the music on and she just wanted us to dance
1: <laughs> and it was so uncomfortable
0: but yet so awesome. liberating <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm going to call you on this. Like, it's uncomfortable, but you were, like, a teacher. Like, I, you have rhythm. I have a zero. I am a white girl with no rhythm whatsoever. So, I'm not for mis- discomfort, but we all know mine was, like, a nine out of a ten. And I was, like, trying to shake my arms. And I'm, like, maybe I can just get around with a shoulder roll. And, uh, and she was, like, I got a stand. And I forgot that. It's a great example of, right, like, Get past discomfort, right? And
0: yeah, and that's a great example because look, you don't have to go down, you know, down to the back and dance like a diva. But if you just start shaking your shoulders, then the next thing you know, you'll be shaking your hips, and the next thing you know, you'll be dancing like a diva. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind and then- of what happened.
1: <laughs> And then, like, and I guess it's, like, what we were saying before about, like, exposing yourself to it, right? And once you're, really in it, like, then we're all, like, laughing, connecting, right? And it wasn't, like, the fears went out the window because it really didn't matter, you know? But if we had given in or if I had given in to that fear and we didn't have that kind of instructor, I wouldn't have connected with people that way. And I think that's, like, the other thing is, like, you know, again, what are we missing, Like, what are we not experiencing by, like, keeping ourselves, like, in these, like, cages, right? Anyway. Right. So what are we missing out on? Right. Mm -hmm. So let me go back to our workshop, right? So we got this great workshop, which, by the way, is an off workshop. It was not the time to launch it, though, even though we felt like it, right? And we were ready. Mm -hmm. And we, we thought hundreds would come. We... (laughs) we like (laughs) like, yoga room we thought we'd be famous that wasn't like you know our intention but and then like what happened
0: one person came
1: (laughs) and we connected to her in a very authentic way but
0: only one person came and I remember that day where we were waiting for them to come and I looked at you and I said what if everybody comes and then that was like so scary and then I was like what if nobody comes (laughs) like
1: either one was bad (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and you know like I remember after because we really poured our hearts into and I truly believe now that that was just it was a matter of when it was launching. Like we literally knew nobody nor knew how to market. Um, And it just wasn't our time, you know, but it was really disappointing. And, you know, I, I don't, I can't speak for your experience, but like mine, like it did, it did feel like this failure. And I think you could say it was a failure in this, in the fact that like our outcome wasn't what we hoped it to be, but like also realizing that like good came from that,
0: um yeah uh,
1: you know I mean Mm -hmm. and that was like I think immediate and then like um stuff that wasn't immediate and for me immediate I was just like well I'm proud I like put all this time in with you because we saw like this wonderful stuff we could create together and we were ready to do and that just like moved me like further along with like confidence you know Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah
1: yeah so I don't know what your experience was, but it was no. It was I mean that's true. true. Hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I'll let you speak. <laughs> no, Sorry, that's so you you true
0: all. because the um, you know, one of the I was looking up also the universal fears that all adults feel, no matter where you are in the world, and the two are humiliation and failure. So in that moment, it was like what you said, like, oh, my God, we failed. But I think that what we have a, an ability to do well that helps us get out of that stuck thing we've been talking about and moving forward and growing that we can pass along to to you listening is that I think the perspective of, of it changed for us. So our what you just described is not the perspective of, oh, my God, we failed. We're never going to do this again. It was like, wow, we tried it. We did it. That was so you know, like, we're going to learn from it. Now we know what we're capable of, like, it would change the perspective instead of making it a negative.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this, and I'm just gonna just tell a little, a little story off of that, which goes to one of the, like, maybe bigger fears I had to face. And, you know, you and I always talk about, like, there are just unpleasant things in life. And like, you're not really sure what, sense that makes in your journey, um, if at all, until, like, you've been down the road a little bit, and I think that, like, one of this, you know, aside from what we're mentioning, like, we had spent a lot of time, and I remember you saying, like, I don't know if this is, like, worth my time, like, I don't know if it's worth this time and energy, to like keep putting into this. And at that time, if it's okay for me, sharing, like in your life, yeah, like sure. your family, like your children, you know, they, they, you know, it makes sense, right? Like, you know, they were um, the main focus of your attention. And at that point, I remember you saying, you know what, I kind of debating if you wanted to go into like third child um, and then third child, right. Like became a priority for you and happened. And it was interesting because like, that, like, failure, and then you, but, like, then you kind of doing your own thing, like, made me have to face the fear, um, which my fear was always, like, just doing things by myself, um, mm-hmm. like, every- since we left the toxic practice back in the day, like even when I moved and started my own business, like I made sure I was around people, you know, like every move I was, I wanted somebody with me and doing it and, and, you know, and I appreciate being able to like do this program with you. But it also made me realize because I never knew if you were coming back, to be honest, right? <laughs> because <laughs> mother and you have children and I'm like well you know maybe she will maybe she'll come back you know and do work later so it made me like at that time even though it was just like little putting myself out there but like starting to run some little workshops myself or like getting out in the community more and so it made me like face the fear um, of like doing things by myself as well as, you know, again, putting yourself out there just to build confidence and not worry about what other people were thinking. And the greatest part about all that is that we ended up back together on the same journey, which is nice, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, even uncomfortable experiences, right? Like, I mean, we learn from, or, well, if you have a growth mindset, right, then you take that with you, so.
0: Yeah, then you learn, and then um, you just take it all as as each of those experiences as a positive moving you towards your destiny and your journey. And also not only like doing it with intention, we always talk about intention. That's like a whole other podcast that I'm going to be doing. Um, but also not being completely attached to anything, to outcome, not being attached to, um, to like, what this is supposed to look like. Cause sometimes it looks totally different and it's even better than you thought. Yeah, so um, so we're going to wrap up. We're going to probably continue this talk on another podcast. I think this could be several sessions <laughs> that we talk about. There's so many stories regarding uh, facing your fears, both professionally and personally. I think that we could do one on that as well. Uh, but feel free to email us any of your questions uh, at Delray Psych. .com. you can uh, check us out there and on our Facebook page and Instagram and I just want to thank Dr. Fisher for coming on our show. Hi,
1: for having me and would it be okay for me to leave people with two quotes of course
0: go ahead well
1: I love this one quote from Mark Twain which said that I have suffered so many misfortunes in my life many of which never have occurred so I love that <laughs> <laughs> Telly, remind you of, uh, you know, to help yeah, survive. that is so when true. Necessarily, uh, that things can be done, and my other favorite one is on the other side of fear is freedom. So every time you push yourself through a fear, through that discomfort, like just stop and like feel like that feeling of what it feels like, it's always liberating, always, and that it's just, again, it builds your confidence. And, um, I just want you to remember those two things. And if nothing else, everything we've talked about is that everything is changeable and can be changed, you know, even if you don't think it can be. So, so true. And so inspiring. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: And thank you, thank you.
1: looking sure. forward to all of your installment of Pod.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye Enchanté. Thank you so much, Dr. Fisher, for taking the time to meet with us today. That was really inspiring. Just great to hear about different people's stories regarding fear and how fear can either help you grow or it can be an obstacle to where you are meant to be. You can find other episodes of Why Does This Keep Happening to Me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can learn more about Delray Psych and Wellness by visiting our website at delraypsych.com. To learn more about how to schedule a session or how to email me, please go to our website. Until next time, this is Dr. B.